Welcome to the Mobile Home Park Minute. I'm your host, Tyson Cross, and in this show, we explore all things mobile home park investing. From just getting started and trying to figure things out to the latest news and changes in the affordable housing sector and everything in between. I hope this inspires you to be a more thoughtful, intentional, and successful investor in this space. So thanks for listening, and let's get into today's show. Today, I wanted to highlight a question that a listener reached out to me about. They were in contract on a specific mobile home park, and there was a particular topic or question they had. And so they reached out to me, and we connected via phone. As I've done uh, on several occasions, uh, people have listened to the show, reached out via email, and either asked to set up a call, or you can go onto my uh, blog, Tyson Deger cross.com and there's actually a schedule a call button there so uh, if you're listening feel free to reach out love to connect with you and enjoy talking about mobile home park investing certainly not uh, the end-all be-all but um, I do enjoy speaking to people and and certainly networking and and growing uh, that and, and helping other people succeed so if you are thinking about reaching out do it be great and I'd love to talk with you but this particular listener reached out and I'll break down a little bit of the circumstances regarding the question he had and then we'll talk a little bit about some solutions things that I thought may be something worth looking into so uh, he, this gentleman had a particular park in contract I can't remember how many spaces relatively small park I think it was 20 something spaces and they had some small homes in the park I think the the layout was actually pretty good when you looked on Google Earth or Google Maps. It was pretty uniform in terms of the layout. And one of the things I always like when I look at a park is is the layout or the the map or the setup does it is it pretty uniform or does it have a consistent pattern? And so this particular park did. However, I'd say one side of the park, probably the the most west side of it, along that side the entire length of it, there were very small homes. And I couldn't quite tell whether they were RVs or mobile homes. He indicated they were mobile homes. But when you're looking at it, it's really hard to tell. And so, you know, um, his question, and I think a lot of them were park-owned too. And they were older homes, right? So a lot of these quote-unquote trailers, really dilapidated older homes that you would typically think of when you hear the word trailer. That's really what these are. And so his concern was what happens when these homes become so disre- are in a state of disrepair and I need to put money into them, uh, what if I have to move them out? What can I do? Like, how can I move homes in or, or is there an issue with that? So the first thing I told him is I said, look, you expect that you will, okay? Number one, I think when you're dealing with park-owned homes and and tenant-owned homes too, right? At some point, these people may pass away. They may move. They may just abandon their home. But for the most part, uh, tenant-owned homes are relatively safe. But park-owned homes, uh, expect that you're going to get some back, okay? I think most people getting into this business underestimate this point. And I would would just tell you, if if you're looking at a park that has park-owned homes, 
you have to factor in the, uh, the, or you have to account for the fact that you are probably going to get some of these homes back. And when you do, they're not going to be in great shape. Generally speaking, you want to have a, a, a decent amount of CapEx set aside for each home. Because I can tell you, just putting a new furnace in a home is, is a couple thousand bucks. Okay. Um, so I told them, look, number one, expect that you're going to get some of these homes back at some point. And you have to understand what level of condition these homes are in right now when you purchase the park to anticipate whether or not you can salvage these homes. You know, and, and, and frankly, you won't be able to do, you won't be able to tell 100% when you're buying, but you should try to get into every home if it's park owned during your due diligence or your inspection period. I would argue that's highly important. But number one, expect that you're going to get some homes back. Number two, expect that you you probably will have to move a couple of these homes out or a few of these homes out. Um, and so what are you going to do, right? What are you going to do if there are issues arising from the fact that A, your lots are small, um, B, can you even get homes in there, right? Sometimes it's very difficult to even move a home in from the standpoint of bringing that big truck in. And so there's some things you really want to check in on due diligence to make sure that this is a viable solution. Because if you if you can't check all these boxes, I don't care how good the deal is, I would probably, you know, you really got to consider that you may lose some homes without the ability to bring any back in. And what does that look like? Or at least account for that when you're factoring in your valuation. And so the things I told them to look for, if you're ever in this situation, number one, I'd go to zoning and planning, right? Or, or down to the, the city. And I would talk to them about, um, well, I'd find out what the setbacks are. Okay, so what is the city, or, or what do they require when bringing new homes in, in terms of setbacks, okay? So knowing how far the fence is from the road, what are the setbacks from that, you know, the adjacent property line, you know, same with the, the, the uh, road the park road and understand that what are the lot sizes okay so you need to know the lot sizes and then part of that also when you're talking to the city you need to know what the restrictions are with bringing in manufactured homes um, a lot of times they'll have restrictions they'll say hey you can't bring in a home older than 1990 or you cannot bring in you know a home that is uh, has a flat roof or or you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's restrictions, right? So you have to know what types of homes are allowed when you're bringing stuff in, because that will be a factor. Um, so then you also need to know, really, if you can bring a new, like a mobile home mover in there. So that would be part of it also, just understanding, like, how tight are the corners, where are the, um, the adjacent homes, how far would a truck be able to move in there? And so those are all things you can you can do relatively easy and that either A or is gonna kill the deal or if you check all those boxes, let's move on and figure out what the solutions are. And so, you know, some of the ideas I had is, okay, can you bring in RVs? Okay, what does that look like? Could you bring in tiny homes? Okay, we're seeing a big tiny home movement and depending on your market, I think a lot of markets really Tiny homes are, are great, and people really like these. I think we're seeing a shift moving to smaller units, 
whether that be multifamily or mobile home parks. So I think tiny homes can work. Has to be the right demographic, of course, um, but that would be a solution. And then the other one that, that I really like are park model homes. And park model homes are really just, um, they're, they're like mini uh, manufactured homes. They're typically one bedroom and they're, I think they're like 500 square feet or less, but they make some really cool park model homes now. Um, and we, I think it's a great solution. And so those were three of my ideas uh, to, to really have in this situation. I think you need to be prepared. But I think the main thing is, is understand that you, you know, you're going to get homes back, park-owned homes. You need to know what those requirements are when you have a home move out, because you probably will have a home that you have to move out. Um, the reality is these old homes, some of the, most of the time when they're this old and they're dilapidated, they're not really worth spending money to fix up. You're better off getting it out, improving the value of the park in general by putting new units in. That's creating more longevity for the new tenant that lives there. So that's the those are the solutions. I think lastly, you know, don't be afraid to to walk away from a deal if you can't get answers to that. There's nothing worse than buying a park, thinking it's 25 spaces, and then five years later you've got 20 spaces because you had five homes that you had to get rid of and you couldn't bring anything else in. Hey, thanks for listening. If you liked today's episode, please share with a friend. And if you're feeling extra generous, go ahead and leave us a review. Also, check out more info at tysondcross.com. And you can find me on LinkedIn as well. Take care.